Grace to you and peace from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who comforts us. In the name of Jesus, amen. God makes himself into a servant. That's what we see tonight, that the Lord Jesus Christ humbles himself and makes himself into the servant of all. And as Jesus is the master and Lord of all, he takes on that lowly servant form. And as we think about that this evening, that really is the, the scandal of Maundy Thursday. That the Lord would be a servant, that the Lord would make himself lower than sinners, that he would wash feet, that he would demean himself so as to kneel down and deal with the stink and the filth that his disciples had picked up as they walked along the road, that he would kneel down before unworthy sinners and offer them such loving service, that he would serve them a meal of his own body and blood, that he would care for them in this way. As we hear Peter object to this, he says, Lord... Do you wash my feet? Of course, Peter didn't understand. And I think sometimes neither do we, but Jesus here is making his point. As he's stepping down from his place at the head of the feast, the master gets up to help and serve the servants. He takes off his outer garments and kneels down, unadorned, to wash them. He wraps a simple towel around his waist. He fetches the water. He fills the basin. He kneels down and he washes. He doesn't say, hey, John, go fetch some water. Nathaniel, get me a towel. Where's the basin, Philip? Fill it up. Now wash. No, he does every bit of it. The one who sits at the head of the table puts himself in the place of ultimate servitude and dishonor. He dirties his hands with the filth and the stink that stuck between the disciples' toes. The same hands that had lifted up and raised the dead. The same hands that had cleansed lepers. The same hands that had multiplied the bread and the fish. The same hands that restored sight to the blind are now immersed in the stinkiest and most filthy stuff that had clung to his disciples. This is jarring imagery when we read this in John's Gospel. Why does Jesus do this? Why does he demean himself and take the lowest place, the one who is worthy of all glory, laud, and honor? That's what we sang last Sunday. Well, it's love. It is love that causes our dear Lord to humble himself and serve his disciples in such a spectacular way. Love is what drives him. John is sure to point this out as we even enter into this chapel or chapter. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, he had loved his own who were in the world He loved them to the end. Jesus wanted Peter to get it. Peter says, Lord, do you wash my feet? 
And so Jesus says, what I am doing now, you do not understand. But afterwards, you will understand. And Peter says to him, you will never wash my feet. And so Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, if you are not loved by me, if you are not served by me, you have no share with me. And so Simon Peter enthusiastically says, Lord, not my feet, but also my hands and my head. And so here we see the whole truth. We don't take part in the kingdom of God unless we are first served by Jesus. We think of all the, the lofty works. We think of all the important services. We think about all the union and community. We, we think about the brotherly affection. We think about the weddings and the baptisms. We think about the funerals. We think about the friendships. We have no part in it, truly, unless we are first served by Jesus. That's what it means to take part in Jesus. It means that you are loved by him. It means that you receive the humble service that he provides, whatever it may be. And you do not object to the ways that the Lord chooses to serve you. How then are we served by Jesus? How do we take care? Or how are we taken care of by him? And the que that's the question really, isn't it? See, the disciples, they had their feet washed. Well, how does the Lord love you? How does the Lord care for you? How do we, who have never seen Christ in the flesh with our own bare eyes, receive the gifts of his humble, loving service? The answer is, by faith. You receive what he gives to you by faith. See, we don't see Jesus in the same way that the disciples do. We receive him even in more humble means than the disciples, the disciples did. The disciples received him in the flesh as one who washed their feet. We receive him in word, water, bread, wine. These are the ways that we see and receive Jesus by faith. It's through the preaching of the gospel. It's through the washing of holy baptism. It's the Lord's Supper as we receive his body and blood, as we will do so in just a few minutes tonight. That is where Jesus humbly puts himself for your good. That is where you are served by Jesus. And I have to tell you, there are some Christians out there that find that truth and that promise to be utterly offensive and much like Peter, they say, oh, far be it for the risen Lord Jesus to humble himself and to be located in bread and wine for sinners. They say, no, baptism doesn't save, only Jesus saves. Because they can't imagine Jesus humbling himself to be present for us in such simple means. They imagine Christ victorious. They imagine him glorious, ruling over heaven and earth. They see themselves as the servants of the exalted king. And so the very idea of the exalted king being present in bread and wine, oh, that's too much to bear. And that's because they forget what motivates and drives Jesus from the very beginning. It's not his glory it is not his sovereign power. It's not the authority that he's been handed over heaven and earth that drives the Son of God. It's his love. Love is what causes Jesus to wash his befuddled and confounded disciples' stinky feet. 
on that same night which he is betrayed. It is love that causes Jesus to institute his holy supper, saying, this is my body for you to eat and drink for the forgiveness of your sins. This is my blood which is poured out for you. It's my new covenant given for you that you might eat and drink it for the forgiveness of your sins. The same love is what drives him to make the disciples this one sure and certain promise. Do this. Eat it. Drink it. Receive it in my name, and I am with you. It is love that drives Christ to be present tonight. And so what do we have here but nothing other than the promise? It's the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and drink. That's what we confess. Jesus puts himself into a place of simple lowliness, even in his glory, even in his exaltation, even as he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Why? Well, he loves sinners. And his desire is for sinners to be comforted by what he had done for them. St. Paul says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This feast is nothing other than the reception of the love of Christ. As we faithfully eat and drink, we're receiving the benefits, the blessings, the work, the gift, the promise of his love. We receive it as if it's from the very foot of the cross. And this is another problem that many may struggle with. Because sometimes people are just content with having stinky and filthy feet, rather than having Jesus serve them and wash them. What I mean by this is that there are so many Christians who do not value the service that Christ Jesus renders for us here today. They do not see the point in Christ's humble gifts for sinners. The cross has little value because they do not see their sin as a problem. They balk at the idea of Jesus washing feet, not because they don't want to demean the honor and the glory of Christ, who is our head and our Lord and our teacher, but because they don't see the point. They like their dirty feet. They like their stinky sin. They're not offended by it. They don't see it as something filthy and wicked, and so they don't see the need to come to the altar either. They see it as fun. They see it as maybe part of their identity. They see it as harmless. But we know it's not. It is deadly. It destroys. It kills. It damns. Many don't see it that way. They're like toddlers with dirty diapers. You can smell it. You call them out on it. They need to be changed. But as soon as you reach for them, they run and taunt you because they don't seem to mind it as much as the rest of us. But this is exactly why Jesus must humble himself. There's nothing that can get it off of us. There's nothing that can remove the stench of our sin. And so Jesus takes on flesh for our sake. That's why Jesus becomes a man. It is more than just a good scrub and a wash basin that we need. 
The only thing that can cleanse us is the death of God's Son. And just as Jesus immersed his hands in the filthy water from the dirty feet, he truly immerses himself in our sin and our fallen flesh. He takes it off of us and he bears it upon himself, as the scriptures teach, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He takes our sin. He takes our iniquity only to leave us cleansed and washed and comforted. He bears the sins of the world to the death on his cross. And this is where we see the true danger and cost of our sin and wretchedness. We see the Son of God hung upon a tree to die for the sins of the world. We see how awful and destructive our sin truly is. We're made to see what a stench it is to God and how destructive it is to our very existence. But we also then see love. We see the price that is being paid. We see the love that God has for sinners, that he would make himself a servant who dies for lesser men. As the scriptures teach, he empties himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. He humbles himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is what Jesus is showing his disciples on that evening of the Last Supper. He's teaching them that he has come to serve sinners. Jesus is not providing a new sacrament in which we need to wash our feet in church. Please don't make me wash your feet. Sacraments have promises attached to them. A wise pastor once taught me, he said, Sacraments provide what they signify, meaning they give what they promise. Baptism with water washes away sins. The Lord's Supper offers the body and blood of Jesus for the remission of sins and with the bread and wine. Foot washing has no promise attached to it, but it is meant to show us something. First, it shows us how Jesus truly loves us, that he willingly exposes himself to the dirt and filth of his disciples to take it away and to leave them cleansed. In the same way that he takes away the sins of the world by bearing the sins of humanity. But second, we see how we are called to love one another. This is what we pray for every time we take communion at church, by the way. In the post-communion prayer, it says, We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. What this means is that we are called to love one another because we have been loved by Christ. That's what John writes in his first epistle. He says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. And in this is love, not that we have loved God, but he has loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God has so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Jesus teaches this to his disciples. He says, do you not understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your teacher and your Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. 
And so we are to love one another. How do we do this? By living in humility. We are to be servants of all. We are not servants under compulsion. We are not servants because if we don't, God will smush us. But we are servants because we are free. That's what it means to love. Martin Luther famously says, A Christian is a perfect and free Lord of all, subject to none. A Christian is also a perfect, dutiful servant of all, subject to all, subject to all. And why is this? Well, it's the overflowing of the love of Christ that has been given to us. It's the freedom God has provided for us in forgiving us and cleansing us of our sins. And so when we eat and drink the Lord's Supper, we're taking part in the reconciliation that God has won for us sinners on the cross. And so we see two things about ourselves very clearly. First, we see that we sinners have been provided with dearly bought forgiveness. Nothing less than the death of God's Son could ever possibly redeem us. And so that's what God willingly gives. He gives us Jesus. Second, we see that we are loved by God such that he would serve us in the very body and blood of Jesus. He does not provide us this gift as mere individuals, but he provides this meal to his body, the church, his dear Christians. And so you can have the same certainty about the people who commune with you tonight. They're sinners who are loved by Jesus. And if Christ has loved you, that he would give himself over to death for you, even the death on the cross, and he has loved those who are at the altar with you in the same way, I guess we ought to love one another. We ought to humble ourselves so that we forgive each other, serve each other, help each other, care for each other. That is where the Mondi of Mondi Thursday comes from. It's from the Mondi, it's, it is from the Latin mandatum, which means commandment. It's from the last verse of our gospel reading today. A new commandment I give to you, that you love another, one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this all people will know that you are to my disciples if you have love one another and that means that we love as he has loved us well how does he love us he humbles us he humbles himself for us he's not above any task he doesn't find any work demeaning he certainly takes the time to divest himself of any pretense he casts off his outer glory, his outer garments. He wraps himself in a simple towel. He kneels before those who are unworthy of his care, and he washes them. He does not consider any of his disciples unworthy. Even Judas had his feet washed, feet washed by Jesus. Even Judas, the betrayer, was loved by Christ even to the end. He loves them even to the point of death. Dear friends, you live in that love. You receive that love by faith. You, each of you, individually has been served by Jesus. 
And we who are served by Jesus must never see ourselves as above any service to each other. Rather, love one another. Love one another by speaking the truth. Love one another by holding each other up in the word of God and in prayer. Love one another by forgiving each other, even when it's not easy. Love one another by supporting each other in your physical needs. This is beautiful. It's beautiful when we give our time. It's beautiful when we set our pride aside. It's beautiful because that's what Christ has deemed beautiful. That's what Christ has deemed loving. It is what Christ does for you. It's beautiful because it comes from Jesus. And Jesus loves us even to the end. He serves us perfectly so that all of our service seems small compared to what he does and to what he gives. We learn to love each other by receiving the love that Christ has to offer. We learn to love each other by first being served together by Jesus. And so tonight, as Jesus won't be washing our feet, he does wash away our sin. He forgives us in this holy meal. And so we can learn and to know what love is. And let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the precious love that is poured out upon us by Jesus. We do not deserve his love or his service, but he gives it to us freely. Help us to receive it faithfully so that his love overflows in our heart and drives us to love as Christ has loved us. And cause us to receive this meal as the true feast that is received in the loving hands of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in the true faith to life everlasting. Live now in Christ's peace. Amen.